Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. speak to us today on the kingdom walk kingdom walk father please bless this word Uh, speak to me lord holy spirit inspire your people through this word thank you because you have answered our prayer in jesus name we have prayed today i want to talk to you on a subject that i think is very important Uh, it might not be the most exciting subject but it's a very critical subject for every believer. You see, in the scripture, there are three kinds of judgment mentioned in the scripture. And a lot of believers, they don't really understand the difference. We know Hebrews chapter 9 said, it is appointed unto man to die once, right? And after is the day of judgment. But when the Bible uses the word judgment, there are three kinds of judgment in the Bible. The first kind is the judgment of the devil. Satan will be judged. In Revelation chapter 20, verses 7 through 10, the Bible says, when the thousand years are over, the thousand year is the millennia. All right? There will be a thousand years. Let me give you a little overview. Uh, and maybe I will have time in few, one day to really talk about the end time chronology so we see how it goes. There will be rapture. At some point, we will have a, have a rapture. First Thessalonians chapter 3, chapter 4 talks about us uh, being taken when Jesus comes. That is called the second coming of Jesus. Ushers, please help us to maintain some quiet. So the second coming, the second coming will be followed by seven years of the reign of Antichrist. All right? Seven years of the reign. When rapture occurs, we are taken. Believers in Christ Jesus, they are taken, and they are are going to be with him in the air. And there's going to be what is called the marriage supper of the Lamb. Uh, Jesus comes, takes his bride, we are with him, and there's seven years of... Uh, the reign of Antichrist. From Revelation chapter 4, you're going to hear that, you're going to see that. Seven years of uh, the reign uh, of Antichrist. The first three and a half years will be good, the last three and a half years will be terrible, and at the end of the seven years, there will be what is called the Armageddon. The Armageddon is Jesus' comeback with the saints to fight, wipe out, and establish what is called the millennium. It will be a thousand years of reign on earth. Uh, with Christ. And after that thousand years, there will be what is called the judgment of Satan. Satan will be judged permanently and he will no longer be able to deceive people again. That's the chronology we're going to get there. But, but in, within all these things, there are different systems of judgment. The first, the, one, the first one I'm going to talk about is that of the devil, uh, Satan rather. So, so, to, so to understand this scripture, when the thousand year, uh, years are over, Satan will be released from his prison. So during those thousand years, he's in prison. And we go out to try to deceive nations, to deceive nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, and to gather them from battle, for battle. He's still going to try to fight again, even after the millennia. 
In numbers, in number, they are like the sand and seashore. They march across the breadth of the earth, surrounded the camp of God's people and the city he loves. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the first prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. The devil, Satan, the liar, the deceiver, the tormentor, one day will be judged. All right? And it will, be, it will no longer be able to torment anymore. That is the judgment of Satan. The second judgment is, the, is called the white throne judgment. So after that, there will be what is called the white throne judgment. And that is in that same chapter, verses 11 through 15. Then I saw, this is a revelation, he saw a great white throne. And him who was seated on it, and him who was seated on it, the earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. Even people who perished in the sea, nobody thought they would ever find them. The sea will give them up. And death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. And the lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Now, this white throne judgment, it is my prayer, you will never see it in Jesus' name. It, will not it is not a judgment of believers. It's a judgment to condemn unbelievers. Uh, the reason why they will be judged is they have to see it. So it's not just going to be an uninformed judgment. All right, there will be record. There will be books. It will be open. Uh, I think it would be more like a screen, right? Uh, because there was no computer, there was nothing. So when John saw it, the only thing he could compare it to in his head was a book. So he just saw a screen, and he said there will be books. It will be open. Everyone's life will be shown to them clearly, and their names will not be found in the book of life, and they're going to say, you don't belong. You can't go. You have to go to hell. Uh, and that is what is called lake of fire. It is called the white throne judgment or the judgment of the dead. It is not a judgment of believers. Uh, amen. The third judgment is called the judgment seat of Christ or the judgment seat of God. In fact, the, <clears throat> the Greek word for that is called bima, B-E-M-A. Uh, it is the judgment of reward. And uh, that will happen much earlier. That will actually happen in, that will, that happened in Revelation chapter 14. Revelation is kind of chronological. So Revelation chapter 14, uh, you see where the, this is what he says, that you, that you then, why do you judge? I mean, Romans, I'm reading Romans now. But that will have happened, actually, I believe that happened in Revelation chapter 5, uh, where it is described. But this is how the Bible put it in Romans 14. I just think Romans put it very well. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we, we all stand 
I want you to notice, we, we all stand before God's judgment seat. All right? It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God, so then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. He's saying, look, we don't need to be too harsh on each other. We don't need to judge each other. And that is believers now. He's not talking about unbelievers, right? All of us at some point, we're going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The word Bima is like the judges of the Olympics. So judges of the Olympics, they are known as, it's a judgment of reward, right? They sit, they judge, and they see how you perform, and they will give you reward, or you know whether you didn't get any reward uh, from that kind of a place. Uh, at the end of Revelation, uh, one of the words that uh, Jesus gave to John is, Behold, in Revelation 22, 12, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to render every man according to what he has done. So believers will not be judged uh, you know, at the white throne judgment or, or judgment of the dead, but will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ, you know, where we will be examined how we have lived our life. Hallelujah. Why salvation is a gift, rewards are given for faithfulness in the Christian life and loss of reward if we are found unfaithful. So it's very important to note that. So as believers, we shouldn't just live without understanding that. You know, that one day we will have to give account of how we have lived our life. The scripture we read talked about the works, the, our works being tested by fire, right? We, you know, and he says, if the word was were not, the works were not of good quality, quality, the works will be burnt, destroyed. Though the person will be saved, he will say, be saved as if you escape fire. You know, when you escape fire, you lose everything. You're just thanking God for your life. All right? Uh, you know, that's how you will be. I don't, you don't necessarily have to be like that. All right? You don't necessarily have to get to heaven naked. All right? <laughs> With nothing. <laughs> no reward, nothing. And people have to loan you things and, and give you some stuff. And you just make it to heaven. Some people, some people have that kind of mentality, by the way. They say, you know, I don't care for me. I just want to make it to heaven. That's a very warped mindset. All right? You know, they just say, oh, I just want to make it to heaven. I don't care. Even if I'm a gate man there. No, you're, you don't. Why, why would you wish that on yourself? <laughs> some people wish that. I remember when I was, before I moved to the United States, some people said, I just want to get to America. It doesn't matter whether I sleep in the train station, whether I sleep anywhere. I just want to get out of here. But when you get out of here, you don't think like that anymore, right? I mean, that's how it's going to be in heaven. Stop saying, I just want to make it. No, 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 no. You want to make it in a glorious manner. Amen. I want to turn to your neighbor and say, I'm storming heaven in a glorious manner. Amen. So we're going to look at a few things the Bible says about what will be judged at the, at the judgment seat of Christ. At, at Bima, 
what will we be judged? I'm going to look at a few verses, and I want you to, I'm going to rush them through, but I want you to really pay attention to those scriptures. Very, very important. The first is the choices we make as believers. The choices we make will be judged. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 and 10 says, So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all, I want you to notice that, we must, it's not, you cannot escape it. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. All right, each of us, each of us as believers, and is individualistic. The Lord is, you're going to face the Lord one day, all right, and you are going to be judged, all right? So he's saying, make it your goal to please him. I want to encourage you and challenge you. It doesn't matter where you are in life, things are not always perfect. You see, this world will never be perfect. There will always be challenges. There will always be struggles. There will always be something that is not going right for you. There will always be disappointment. Jesus said in this world you will have tribulation, right? Or be of good cheer. So the world is not meant to be perfect. Being saved is not necessarily going to take all these problems away. But regardless of where you are, make it your goal to please him. Don't think there's any excuse to displease God. Don't think there's any excuse to just do whatever you like as a believer. Make it your goal to please him because you are going to give an account one day. Praise the name of Jesus. The second thing we're going to be judged, that is going to be judged, is our faithfulness. Faithfulness with our gift and talent. Faithfulness with our gift and talent. Matthew 25, Jesus gave us a parable, you know, and at the end of the parable, he said, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in master's happiness. I want you to know that you're going to be judged based on how faithful you are, all right? Nobody might be there. Nobody might be watching you. If you're a worker, you're serving, something is committed to your hand, God is looking at how faithful you are with that. And some of you, God has given you, all of us, God has given us I mean, talent. God has given us abilities. Every one of us. Are you using it faithfully? Or are you just giving excuses? Are you saying, you know, I'm in school today. I mean, you know, I have a job. My job is difficult. I have family. I have this. I have that. And very soon it will be too late. All right? I don't want, don't go through your life just offering excuses. You have gift and talent. The Lord is going to challenge you and he's going to judge you based on how faithful you are with it. And part of being faithful is what do you do when no one is watching? And that's very, very important. And we always have to, especially as workers. First Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 to 2, and I will just skip to, I will read three verses there. He said, let's a man so consider us as servant of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. All right? 
Therefore, verse 5, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and we expose the motives of the heart. Even our motive of service, the Lord will say it will be revealed. See, the Lord has something recording even our motives. Sometimes we can do, appear to be doing what is right. We can be serving when someone is watching, but when no one is watching, we are doing something else. You know, or we're not applying ourselves. So it's important to know that even the motive of our heart, the day I realized this, I really started to pray about my motive because our heart is so deceitful as human beings. We can appear to be doing something. I mean, we don't always know when that, sometimes there's a fine line between when we're doing it for the applause or we're doing it for the right thing, between when we're doing it for the right reason and wrong reasons. So I always pray and say, God, please purify my motive. You know, let me be able to know when my heart is really going in the, right, in the wrong direction. So it's very important because our motives also will be judged, and that's part of our faithfulness. Number three is the quality of our service, and that's the scripture we read. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, we read the first 15 verses. I'm going to read uh, uh, 12 to 15 again. Uh, in fact, I want all of us, yeah, can you open it? Okay, we can all read it together. Can we read it together? One, two, go. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day we bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though as one escaping through flames. So we should be careful how we have. He said, you know, before verse 11, he's talking about verse 10 and 11, he said, there's no foundation that can be laid. Jesus is the one that laid the foundation for the kingdom work, right? Laid the foundation, and the only thing we do is to build on it. We add our own, all right? Many people have built on it. That's why we are here today. You know, some of us, you join us maybe in the last one year, six months, two years. You join. Some people built before you came. Some people join us to build even they move on to other places. All right? They are no longer here, but the work remains. So we are building on it. So let's be careful what we are building. You know, because your work will be tested with fire. The quality of your work. Amen. And you will be rewarded. I want you to notice something about this reward. It is individual. Right? Each person. I will have to face him and give an account. See, that's why, personally, I am not a very judgmental person. And I'm always very, say, I mean, I'm not, obviously I know what is right, but I'm not overly concerned about what other people are doing. I'm not overly concerned. Because sometimes what I see might be different from what is going on in their hearts. You know, in fact, I've realized, I think I was discussing with my wife, we we're having a conversation, and I said, you see, the Holy Spirit showed me sometimes people's personality can be different from their hearts. Sometimes we judge people by their personality. You know, some people come, they have an abrasive personality, but their heart is different. And I said, the Lord has always helped me to look for people's hearts. You know, some people, it looks like they are this, they are that. People say, because I can see in their heart, their heart is different. The Lord showed me that. So it's important 
to not be overly judgmental, overly critical, because the Lord, everyone will have to face God's judgment. Praise the name of Jesus. I have to face judgment, and I must be more concerned about that than I am concerned about other people. So the quality of our service is very important. Number four, our use of financial resources, very important. Matthew chapter 25, verse 23 says, If you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? True riches is what God gives. You know, so it's very important to, to note that. First Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 19 says, Command those who are rich in this present world. All right? I think he's talking to Americans. I think he has us in mind when he was talking about that. Poor people in America, they are the envy of the world, right? I remember when there was a story of Big Gate went to one of these remote places in India. He went to a very, very remote place. He was doing some of his service, and he talked to a very poor woman, just an old woman, and he was having a conversation, having a conversation. And as he walked away, the, the, the media, the, the, the journalists that were just, you know, were there, they went to the woman. They said, did you realize that you have just talked to the richest person on earth. And the woman talked to them, that doesn't make any difference. Everybody in America is rich as first. <laughs> whether it's a billion, whether it's $5,000, that's rich to me. Uh, to them, it's rich. So I think it's very important for us to say rich is relative. And he's saying that commandos who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant not to put their hope in wealth. We have a tendency to put our hope in our, in our wealth as Americans, right? We have a tendency to put our hope in that, which is so uncertain. But to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And I want you to look at 18 and 19. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves, a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they might take hold of the life that is truly life. He's saying, it's not going to end here. It's not going to end here. What are you doing for the age to come? I'm going to read another verse, another one last scripture here. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. I read that verse in two verse, in two versions of the, of, the, of the scripture. I read the NIV that says, Do not store up yourself treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moth vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. All right? I'll read that same verse in the, in the message version. Don't hurt treasure down here, where it gets eaten by moths, and corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars, stockpiled treasure in heaven, where it is saved for moth and rust and burglar. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, 
is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Ladies and gentlemen, the place where we will all end up being is in heaven with Jesus. If you are the healthiest person, you get to live a hundred years old, it will end one day. All right? Why don't you care about the place you are going to be? Why do you care about this temporary place? Do you go, do you go to an hotel and you start fighting over the color of the wall there and the color of the carpet and the frame on the wall? You don't. You don't care. It's temporary. You're going to stay there two, three, four, five days. You're going to go back to your house. You can make your house the way you want it to be. Ladies and gentlemen, our real home is in heaven with Jesus. And we should care of how he's going to look. Are you investing there? See, when you come here, you give your tithes, you give offering. It's an investment. You are investing in a place where nothing is stock market up and down. It's not going to affect it. All right? It's there. And you're going to rejoice in it one day. So I just want to challenge you to do that. Praise the name of Jesus. The last thing I'm going to talk about, sorry about time, is the use of our time. The use of our time. We're going to be judged. I just pick five things. There'll be many things. We're going to be judged by the words we speak. There are scriptures, you know, how we overcome temptations, how we overcome all those things. There are crown. There are reward for each of these things, all right? You know, but I just want to pick those major areas. You know, I pick five. The use of our time, Ephesians 5, 15, and 16 says, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Matthew 12, 36 says, But I tell you, everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment of every empty word you have spoken, every idle word, you know, every empty, empty things we do unnecessary things we do. Many of us spend our time, money, resources, energy, fight over things that won't last. They're going to go. This suit, you know, this shoe, bags, all these things, they will be destroyed one day. We need them, of course, to survive here temporarily, but they should not control our life. They should not be things we just, you know, spend all this energy. All of, some of you, if you, if you do, if you break out, break out your expenses, what percentage is going to things that are, that are just going to be destroyed? What percentage is, is, are you investing in your future home? I want you to take a look at that. Also, the way you spend your time, what percentage is invested? What percentage is just being wasted in gossip, on the phone? You know, on social media, just doing things that are not useful. What percentage? As believers, we must think about these things. We will be judged based on how we spend our time. Many of us, by the time they draw a pie chart of the way you spend your time, significant portion will show that you have spent on mundane things. How much did you spend praying? How much did you spend studying the Word? How much did you spend doing good stuff? Helping other people. How much did you spend? If the pie chart shows 30% sleep, 15% gossip, uh, whatever percent uh, this, and by the time you see, by the time you that you're just going to say, can you stop showing that graph, please? 
You know, that's how God is. That's how judgment is going to be. You see, so everyone will just say, God, you know what? Let me just go. Don't, don't worry. I don't even need you to pronounce the judgment. It's already pronounced. That will not be our portion in Jesus' name. And that's why we're doing it. That's why we're talking here, so we can learn. I'm going to wrap up by saying, by, by giving you something that I, you know, that, I, that is very important. And my prayer for you is that you'll be confident and have no reason to be ashamed before him. First John, John was talking in John chapter 2, verse 28. He said, and now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. My prayer is that you will be confident. You will not be ashamed. You know, when he comes, you will not say, you know what, I wish I had spent more time. I wish I have served. I wish I have become a worker. I wish I have, you know, been, I've been nicer to people. Many of you just need to be nicer to people. Stop being grudgy. Stop being just, you know, fighting everybody. I wish I have been kinder, gentler. You know, I wish, you know, I have given more. You know, all this money I made, you know, by the time they put the pie chart, how much went into kingdom business? And you're just going to be so ashamed because you're going to see other people's charts. You know, and maybe they were even in some Zimbabwe or some country that we despise. They are nobody. They came and they put their charts together and they put so much into the kingdom. And you, American, come in with your dust and they're going to show you, don't you see yourself? You know, that's the kind of shame we are talking about. My prayer for you is that you will not be ashamed at disappearing. In Jesus' name. I want us to bow down our heads and go to God. You know the area of your life. You know the area where you need to do better. Some of you, you don't give tight. You don't. You, don't. you just say, you know, ah, money is a problem for you. Investing in the kingdom is a problem for you. You need to settle that today. Some of you, the Lord has been calling you to do more. Maybe evangelism. The Lord has been praying. Father, while I was preparing for this message, the Lord wants me that there are a number of people here evangelism has been a body in your heart but you've always been pushing it forward you've always been saying you know what i'll do it tomorrow i don't have time i have bills to pay i want you to begin to make you know just begin to repent and say god i'm going to change from today i'm going to i'm going to be different some of you maybe is calling you to serve maybe you're just showing up in church every sunday you're enjoying the music enjoying the you know everything but you, the Lord has been prodding you. I want you to do something. I want you to repent and say, God, please help me. Help me to serve. Many of you, he wants you to, to do better. You know, you've been a perpetual latecomer. You come late, you serve, but you don't serve with your whole heart. You just do it, nitty bitty. You are concerned about your comfort more than sacrificing for God. The Lord wants you to change that. I want you to just go and repent and say, God, I'm going to change that today. I don't want to appear before Bima. I don't want to get to the judgment seat before I realize it. Father, help me to see those areas of my life where I need to improve, where I need to do more, I need to do better, where I need to invest. For some of you, it's challenging you in your finances. Maybe, you know, maybe even want you to take up courses outside of this church. You know, to support kingdom work somewhere. You know, maybe he's calling you to that. I want you to begin to ask him to give you grace in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we honor you. 
we give you glory. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, I pray that this word today will not stand against us when we get to the judgment seat of Christ. This message will not be played for us, causing us to be ashamed. But this message will be a testimony that we're going to give. And we're going to say, I thank God I listened to that. And that's why I'm here. And that's where I have this reward in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for people who have repented, who want to change one or two things today because they have heard this message. I pray there will be a release of your grace in this house. Grace to do better. Grace to do more. Grace to start in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen.